Hi, and welcome to the Women in Jazz Media podcast in conversation with. I'm your host, Ashani White, and today I'm here with the lovely Janine Irons and Gary Crosby. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. I think um, I just love talking to people and I really appreciate that you come on my podcast for me to be able to ask you a whole bunch of questions and badger you about all the things that you've done in your amazing careers. Um, What I want to do to start is get you both um, and you can take as much time as you want with this. I want to hear every single detail to just uh, to just tell me about your experiences, how you got into you know, your love of jazz music, your love of music in general, your love of helping people and providing opportunities and ultimately Tomorrow's Warriors and how that kind of came about. Okay, well, mine's probably the quickest version, <laughs> or, or for, for me at least, anyway. Um, the um, So my my love of jazz really comes from, you know, my parents. I mean, they I grew up listening to jazz and dancing around the room um, to Count Basie and Duke Ellington, Fats Waller, and you know um, all the greats. You know, so um, but I also studied uh, music. You know, I, I studied classical music, a piano, and um, at one point was destined to be a concert pianist. Um, but you know, that was in my um, formative years, and at the point where going out um, to uh, discos parties and all that was, was far more interesting <laughs> so um so I did actually get to you know a level where I'd, I was you know um I was really lucky I had music scholarships mm-hmm. and had a great teacher um where you know I had my lessons on uh, beautiful grand pianos and you know in lovely surroundings but um you know, I went then on to be um, a lead vocalist in a funk band and um, we played a bit and it was great. Um, but then, you know, life catches up with you and mm-hmm. you realise then, well, certainly from my parents' point of view, I think they weren't really seeing um, the funk band as, you know, where I needed to be. Yeah. So, and, and to be honest, neither did I. I didn't, I didn't have what it takes to, to be the, that sort of artist. But, um, so yeah, so that was my grounding in, in jazz music, mm-hmm. you know, listening to it coming up. Um, and then just having a, a lifelong love of, the, of music generally, but particularly mm-hmm. jazz. And, you know, it's when I met Gary um, in, was it nearly 30 years ago that um that that love of the music um was deepened mm-hmm. um and so yeah so I'll let him tell his story now <laughs> um my love of music comes from hearing it in the house every day um and uh, my mother reminded me from I was old enough to remember to to the day she died that my uncle is Ernest Wrangling, and that was thrown in my face in a uh, in a humorous way, you know. Um, so from a young age, uh, I'm I, I'm I was also a trumpeter first, then I then I, I got involved in double bass, but I, I didn't really think of jazz until I was about or even think of the term, although I heard the music till I was about 16, Mm -hmm. Ella Fitzgerald on a programme called Jazz 625. Um, 
I was actually on curfew. Mm-hmm. I had to be home at a certain time, got home early. Mum was downstairs in the basement, ironing, and there was this music on, on the telly. And that was it. That was it. That caught me. I heard something in that music that I had just heard down at the, at the club, <laughs> you know, a regular club that I was at. It was something similar. And that's where my investigations start. Um, jazz, jazz is, apart from a... A discipline it can be a, almost like a way of life too and it would be very complicated to explain mm-hmm. all of the parameters and all, all of the things you have to go through yeah all of the record shops you have to discover all of the all of the individuals that you've met along the path that can guide you mm-hmm. um it's it's just something that's changed my life and everybody else's life that gets involved with it yeah yeah completely. Um, i think that's I would try and sum it up by saying um, jazz was like, uh, I came up in the, you know, 70s. Uh, um, so all of the rioting and all of the, mm-hmm. the, 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 um, the effects of the civil rights um, um, marches, the effects of Vietnam. So it was almost like we were in a world that was about to, to end. And jazz acted as a comforter to quite a lot of us who just wanted to find some quiet space sometime, you know, in yeah. your head and really think about what is going on, you know, is, is, is John Coltrane, does he have some, some magic in his music mm-hmm. that I could find that I could use to help save the world? That kind of, yeah. I was in that sort of phrase of mind when I was listening to jazz in the, in the mid to mid-70s yeah that's so cool I really think that I a lot of the conversations I have with people and I love asking this question to start out and like how did jazz really affect your life and I think so many people that are so in love with jazz like we all are here have those those standout moments to them where they they were they were doing something they don't know what they were doing and at some point someone's voice or someone's talent on an instrument or something just stopped their attention and was like what is this and it just opens this like kind of wormhole of creativity and everything that you can like just sit and just learn for hours the the other thing it does open to is um especially for those of of us of caribbean or black backgrounds Mm -hmm. it kind of this is not what our parents do. You know, when my uncle came in, uh, I, I was rehearsing one night. My dad used to run a little shobeen downstairs in the basement. <laughs> and Uncle Deacon, who was a DJ and understood this music, jazz music, reggae music, all kind of music, hipster he was. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he said, damn, what are you practicing for? I said, yeah, I just learned, try to learn this thing. Oh, yeah, practice for go play with Joe Harriet." and Sheik Keen Don at the 100 Club. Well, that image that he put in my mind, that's not the normal image as black kids growing up that we mm-hmm. think of our, our elders being part of a almost abstract type world, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That, that was the, that's the uniqueness of those of us who are from, you know, a diverse background who listen to this jazz. It makes us feel different from, you know, the mom yeah. and dad and don't at the church and yeah. the, the community yeah. center and like this is a whole different level yeah. you know this is a whole different level so when i look at a picture of um joe harriet 
and then there's a picture of a Henry Moore piece beside him and mm -hmm. I, I look upon it with pride you know and I, I associated that uh, jazz with with a kind of black nationalism I mm -hmm. did you know because mm -hmm. everybody that I knew that listens to jazz were quite radical so I always associated with um, politically hip people yeah you know, as you grow up, you learn that's, you know, that's not how it goes, but <laughs> that's how, how I saw Yeah, and I think... In fact, it was music that had African... Um, what, I was just about to say. what do you call it? Titles, you know, Africa Brass, <laughs> Drums <laughs> Unlimited. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. African Cookbook by Randy Weston. It was that, that kind of titling, you know, <laughs> Gary Bartz's music, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I say I always talk about this with people. Is, is like we've we've got to a point in the jazz industry where there are a lot of gatekeepers of jazz that are white men, and to a point, it's become this upper class societal thing where you know yeah. people that earn a lot of money or that are very well educated or are from the middle or upper classes can enjoy jazz music and classical music and live music to a, to an extent, and you know well, that wasn't the roots of jazz. Yeah. Yeah, but the music is there for everybody. Yeah, you know, like all art is there and available for anybody, and mm -hmm. nobody can actually stop you from getting that. Yeah. Uh, the 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 focus has to be: why aren't there more black-led record companies? Mm -hmm. Why aren't there more black-led um, uh, gigs? Then, mm -hmm. you know, that mm -hmm. feel that confident that they too could invite white jazz musicians to that gig. Yeah. Why aren't black people more engaged in mm -hmm. the jiro uh, and the administration side of the music? Yeah. yeah. And it has nothing to do with the fact that um, there are these, uh, thankfully, there were these group of middle class white people mm -hmm. that supported this music the last century that mm -hmm. allowed it to get to this point. We have to be honest, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, I am a, uh, an experienced jazz musician. Of, close to 40 years and it's very rare I've been in a situation where, where even 50% of the audience has been black yeah, yeah. very rare yeah. it's very rare and, you know it's either we're playing the reggae band or things like that yeah. so I don't see it as anything disappointing because whoever loves this music loves this music and mm -hmm. I'm glad for everybody to engage mm -hmm. we would like to see a bigger um, involvement Mm. Of, of black people in the music mm. but it is what it is and mm. also um there's this great thing garvey said um your actions today may influence somebody to act in the future to solve mm -hmm. the problem that you you couldn't solve yeah and that's that's how we got to look at it you know what I mean? yeah that's i think that, and that's and that's, that's what this, we've been this, doing that's what you're doing yeah that's so actually, that's an amazing segue. Let's talk about Tomorrow's Warriors. And so obviously everything we've just spoken about has played a part in why you started Tomorrow's Warriors and, and what the ethos of it is. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Mm. Well, it, it, it was essentially, I mean, certainly when I met Gary um, and he, he showed me um, this scene, this sort of underground scene at, um, at the Jazz Cafe where, you know, there was all this young black talent um, that he'd invited to, you know, just come and come and be part and come and engage. Mm -hmm. And um, but nobody could see, nobody could see it. Nobody knew about them. Um, they weren't getting any um, coverage anywhere. And I just thought, it, you know, that that was um, 
it was unjust. It was, um, you know, and it had to be addressed, you know, it's especially because, you know, we're talking about um, a, a black music, something that, that has come from, you know, black people. And therefore, um, it was a surprise. It's like, well, how come we're not seeing all, all the yeah. more of these um, musicians? So um, I think the the aim then was to bring visibility, you know, to shine a light mm -hmm. on that talent, but also to, you know, when I started to look at look at what was happening um, in jazz, it was that, you know, there were groups of people who were getting all the you know great opportunities mm -hmm. um and that was all about networks and sort of inside knowledge and having that intelligence um that industry intelligence mm -hmm. you know that not everybody had access to so uh, again as well as getting visibility for um the people of color who were who were playing it was also about gathering that intelligence it's like how do we access these opportunities how do we create these opportunities. How do you how do you do business? Mm -hmm. You know, how does it work essentially? Yeah. And so finding out how the system works, and then how how can we disrupt it? You know, um, the good thing I think about certainly for me coming in as somebody who had absolutely no prior experience in the in the music industry. You know, not not from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. you know, I came from. Um, I used to work in the city um, in international banking and trading. I mean, on the administrative side, not the, the money-making <laughs> side, but the, um, sadly. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, so coming to this with absolutely no knowledge of how it works meant that I could come with, um, I suppose, just use instinct. And, and that's really how we've worked throughout the years, mm -hmm. you know trusting our instinct is like knowing that there's a problem that needs solving what do we need to do to solve that problem yeah. what needs to happen you know and then it was just looking at okay well if this isn't in place how are we going to get that you know mm -hmm. and at each step working out well, what's the next step we have to take what's the next rung of the ladder we have to put in place to reach all those opportunities or to be in a position to then create our own opportunity yeah you know mm -hmm. because I do think that you know we cannot rely on people to 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 give us everything we want you know yep. life isn't like that mm -hmm. you know so we can talk about it we can complain about it we can say no we're not getting the opportunities it's like okay so what are you going to do you're going to yeah. just carry on saying mm -hmm. you know we're not getting the opportunities Completely. are you going to do something about yeah. it I mean, it's why to, to be um honest it's like you know I've, we stopped talking about diversity 30 years ago mm -hmm. right because it, you know you can talk till the cows come home and you can write as many reports as you like you can have as many committees as you like but it's not changing anything you've got to do so, right. you know i'm a pragmatist i think you you know just get on and do it you know and interestingly i found you know the good thing about computers that you can keep reports and stuff forever right and um I'm a bit of a hoarder so I do and I always you know I will go back to them and I did go back you know and you see some of these reports from 10 20 30 years ago mm -hmm. about diversity and they're all saying exactly the same thing 
it's, you know, we should, we must, we should, we must, we will. And I'm still looking and thinking, so what changed? Yeah. You know, if you're still having to write the same report, what's changed? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say, you know, we stopped talking about it 30 years ago and we set about doing something about it. Mm-hmm. And that essentially is what Tomorrow's yeah. Warriors does and has done. Um for the past 30 years. And you can put it in a, a quick one. Uh, we were watching a Spike Lee film and long before we saw this film anyway, we knew what we were doing, but that confirmed it. It was in Do the Right Thing, mm-hmm. where, um, where uh, when the young black man asks the Italian, uh, I think it's a, rest, restaurant, like a, a restaurant, little restaurant, a bar, mm-hmm. why, why, why aren't there more pictures of black people on the wall and the Italian looked at him and just said, you want more black people? Go and build your own wall. Mm. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So you it's want as to, simple as that. Yeah. You mm. want to see. It's simple as that. You want to see your brothers on the wall. Go build your go own build wall. Go build your own wall. It's yeah. as simple as and, that. And that's what we've done. And that's what we've <laughs> you know? done. Yeah. And, and, our, and our, our plea to a lot of the, the, new, the new generations coming up is because, um, you know, I'm in my 60th year. Janine's been there 60 years. So we've been active and aware of civil rights issues and we've done all the marches mm-hmm. you know from the new crossfire <laughs> to the to what happened last year um there's a certain reality that comes to you after you become experienced in in you know going to collect your thing from houses of parliament mm-hmm. and so there's a certain uh uh a kind of a obvious awareness of what to do mm-hmm. It is not going to change just because you, because of the, uh, the the mercy of whoever you're accusing of abusing you. That's not yeah. how it goes. Mm. You know, that's not. I think Janine's father also got it in in right when he spoke about the famous South African. I think it was this white South African who brought in apartheid, and when he was asked about um, uh, about um, black freedom. He said, freedom is not given. It's taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah you said it, but yeah. I wouldn't have used the word taken, it's fought mm. for, mm. Well, which is taken. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Freedom is not given. And why would mm. anybody give away their, their particular They're advantage? not going to give away their power. Why so, would they give yeah. away their power? Mm. So you, you create your own power, <laughs> you know, yeah, so, it, um, is the, it's the way yeah, to so do it. We, we are, we're very cautious about how some people talk about the black experience at this present moment, yeah. especially because the, the thing about the, the black um, black issues, they do become bandwagons. Mm-hmm. You know, black people jump on their own damn bandwagons. You know, I've seen this so many times. You know what I mean? They become mm-hmm. bandwagons. They become opportunities for somebody to say, this is not right. Listen to me. I am the one that's saying it when you're not. It's been said 30, 40 it's years been, ago. Yeah, and, and more. And more. You know, Garvey told us exactly the way to get out of this. Mm-hmm. You know, then Nkrumah followed up with the same answer. You know, there's no other way. Mm. Yeah. And the great People's Republic of China have proven to you how it's done. Yeah, yeah. You want some of this? You go and get your gun. You threaten me with your gun, then I'm willing to talk to you. Mm-hmm. If you ain't got a gun, what am I talking about? Yeah. yeah figuratively Figurative, yeah, obviously yeah. the gun yeah. being the you know the, the yeah. movement you, the things that we're yeah, putting yeah, in yeah. place in society yeah you know you've got you've got three children and somebody your neighbor comes to you and says look man 
you messed up so and so and so and, so, and I need to feed my kids so and so. You're going to have to make that choice. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. going to feel my own kids. I'm going to feel the person's not next door kids. Come on, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. It's only that what's happened since the 60s that the black person has been convinced that they are such an integral part of Western civilization that there's going to be some reward after another 200 years, whether we mm-hmm. believe, we pray to their God, whether we follow their, their economic systems, whether we follow their even their philosophical systems. You know, mm-hmm. I have black friends who know more about Voltaire and um, Nishki than they do about Marcus Garvey. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you guys do is so, so amazing for black people, women, black women, because as as you know, we're already black people in society and then having a being a woman and being black on top of that makes us kind of at the bottom of this imaginary food chain that, you know, somebody's created. Um, And then also the youth of today. And I think especially, you know, I'm I'm a young person in, in music and I, I make my own music and release my own music, which is very alternative, very jazzy. And um, I get told all the time that I should be, you know, singing R&B music. I should make it simpler. I should make it, you know, more urban or, you know, it's, and it is something for me that's so much pressure on my shoulders that if I want to succeed, I have to change who I am as a black person to fit into a yeah. mold that a black person is supposed to fit in in the music industry yeah, 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 in some sort yeah. of respect. And I think it's really amazing that you guys are, taking young children and I, and I suppose that's what the whole ethos of us engaging in jazz is yeah. about we're actually mm-hmm. saying to the world you're not going to prescribe to us what we're going to be yeah you know what I mean? and that's what i think that's the ethos of jazz across everything mm-hmm. like that's yeah. what jazz means it means to be created to be free to be expressed and to express yourself yeah. and exactly to express also, i'd like to start expressing because generally most people have come you know because of janine's recent success mm-hmm. and have said about you know a black female because that's what she is mm-hmm. and she, but yeah, jazz is a world music and there are many white people that have come to this company that have benefited and there are many white people that have come into the company that have helped us do this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the, I wouldn't say the issue the reality is is that it's run by two black people yes that kind of confuses people mm-hmm. to, but we're actually an international company we work all around the world yeah of course and we work with people of all different backgrounds um, in fact we've got a really diverse team i mean you, you know we've got musicians from china uh lots of uh eastern europeans working work with us and everybody's part of a community jazz is a is a is a, is a worldwide community mm-hmm. and our dream what, what is it we often say about jazz? Um, well, we believe that music anyway is the, the art generally is what is going to, to lift man up to another level, maybe another thousand years in. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're contributing this, this element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, to pick up on, on the point about us being a, a Black-led organisation, um, I, I think it is relevant because it does... It does... I mean, it's, it's about our vision and our, our experience as black people and, and what we feel we need and, you know, the, the other people like us mm-hmm. need and that we can, um, that we can provide that a, a, a safe uh, and hopefully nourishing 
um, platform mm -hmm. for other people of color to, yeah. to, to come, whether it's to work um, within the company or to be a music leader or to be, you know, to be um, somebody learning about the music, mm -hmm. but they don't have to navigate um, a lot of the stuff that we as black people have to navigate when yeah. going into, um, you know, an institution that is, has its foundations and is built around, um, you know, white people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's fine that you have those institutions, you know, they've been there hundreds of years and they will always be, they'll be there for another few hundred mm -hmm. years too, right? But, uh, you know, when you're, when you're a lone black person or even just a few black people going into a, you know, a big institution where, you know, you're very much in the minority and the thinking from above, um, <laughs> there's no relation, has no idea of you know, your experience as yeah. a person of color. Um, you have to keep navigating, you have to keep, you know, and I, I had this when I worked in the city, mm -hmm. right? You know, I worked my socks off, yeah. right? Because I, I have a really strong work ethic, yeah. right? And you know, that has been instilled in me from childhood. Yeah. And so when I go into an organization, you know, I give it my all, you know? Mm -hmm. And so having worked my socks off, I do expect reward, you know, some reward at the end. Mm -hmm. But when you're constantly, you know, they'll find excuses not to promote you. You know, they'll find something wrong. You know, I mean, I even had when I was uh, working in the city, there was all of my peers got promoted and got a bonus apart from me. And when I questioned it, the answer that came back was, well, I'm concerned that, you know, if I do promote you, you might exceed your authority. And it's like, wow, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, crazy. It's, not, it's not that I ever have. No. I've never know, but you might and it's like well, what kind of answer is that yeah that is I think that's so, ridiculous Absolutely of ridiculous. course it is of course it is and it was always just you know always finding excuses you know when when I finally did get the promotion mm -hmm. I put that in inverted commas is because all the other goalposts were moved so having been promoted to a manager mm -hmm. where I should have got you know company car and all these other perks mm -hmm the rules got changed so suddenly now you have to be an assistant director to have a car mm. right so you know this is what happens and yeah. so I think as a, as a black leg company the, the one thing I would say is that the joyous thing about working with a black leg company you don't have to navigate all that no. so you could get on and do the job you know and be judged on what you actually do in your job mm. you know so yeah, I, th I think it's, um, th that's what makes a difference, I think, at, at Tomorrow's Warriors. We, yeah. We're not having to, to worry about all of that. It's, it puts yeah. it puts that kind of in the because yeah I get what you mean like it's uh, sometimes especially for a black woman as well because you know you have those things like your manager's most likely going to be a man and he's most likely going to be a white man so there's going to be that kind of like oh, oh can I you know can I do this in the office can I go and complain to my manager without being you know called had an attitude or blah 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 yeah. like all of these things like and there's that kind of becomes a forefront of I know I can do my job and I know I can do my job well or I know I can make music and I know I can make music well but I might have to do this and that and this just to make it a little bit easier hurdles. for me to get to, yeah. you know, yeah, and I'd jump these hurdles that are 
again are moved or made 10 times higher because you know they're scared that you might actually be good at what you do you know and being in a in a black-led company I can imagine as a member of staff is like not even if I'm a white woman I'm like oh okay they they know what it's like to be othered in some sort of in some sort of respect like whether it's being a woman or being you know like part of the LGBTQ plus community or being black or being you know Eastern European or whatever, some from some other different type of culture, they understand what it's like to have that culture and to be part of that culture and to not want to push that to one side to make sure they can reach reach their goals, but to intertwine it with who they are as a person and yeah. why so they're who expects whether you're a black worker or not. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not basing um employing you on your blackness you've got to have the skills you've got to do the job because if the company falls apart then nobody gets employed Mm -hmm. it's um, it's interesting what you said about you know when having um people who are othered who aren't used to being othered (laughs) and um because we've had that (laughs) we've had some situations like that and as i said we've got a fantastic team and we've got everybody we've got black people white people indian people you know um all all sorts right and um and i'm really proud of that because they they each bring you know really sort of distinctive things Mm -hmm. to our table and uh, that diversity of thought which is Mm -hmm. fantastic but um, we have had in the past, you know, p- yeah. people who've come in believing they're, they're here to save us and, um, you know, that we can't, that we don't know what we're doing, that yeah. um, we need their, their, their help. Mm-hmm. You know, that they don't come in with um, a genuine desire um, to sort of help build, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Maybe they do. Well, I, I don't know that they do. And I've, yeah. you know, we've, we've seen it and we've had experience the, the of it. The paternalistic kind it is. of, um, uh, was it the, the, uh, the, the missionary? It isn't the yeah. missionary. Yeah. Um, Saviour yeah. complex. But you yeah. know what? Yeah. I, one thing that really is beginning to gripe on me a little bit, Ashani, mm-hmm. um, to get to it soon. We are also a great music company. We've created frigging music. That was actually my next question. I do get... <laughs> I, I know Janine has complained about this sometimes on the when people speak about you know our commitment to the black issue. Mm-hmm. There are times where I, I I do get a bit upset about it because I know that you know mm-hmm. I know I've done that and I'm I'm working towards that. I was you know I've always been worth you know I left in being employed at the age of 26 and I always worked for black companies ever mm-hmm. since. I was engaged in a few of those companies. So I don't even want to talk about that no more. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we know what we've got to do. Get on yeah. with it. Yeah. We know that, you know, who the enemy, not the enemy, I'm using wrong language, but I know what we have to fight against. This, this we, get on we, we, we have, we have created some great music. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Let Freedom Ring. These were big statements, you know, um, that we made. Mm. Uh, we also helped revive the career of Ernest Rangley. You know what I mean? You know, people tend to forget that it was him coming to England to work with me led to Island Records starting a whole new record label. You know, mm-hmm. there are other things that are underground that are just as important to us here and mm-hmm. some of our friends in Jamaica who, mm-hmm. who hold us up in high regard mm-hmm. as well. You know. I, th- I think the point there then is that it's not, um, you, you, can, you can have impact and um 
make your statement without always putting the fist in the air. Yeah. You know, that the, uh, yes, there are times, of course, when yeah, the, the fist has to go up in the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, absolutely. Um, and it will. And, and it will. And it does. When needed. Um, but I think it, it's one of those things that if you just, if that's all you do, mm-hmm. <laughs> then, you know, I, th- I think you see, you get a backlash to that. You get pushback from that. So I think for us, the thing has been, you know, you can just keep banging on about it um, or you can actually get on and do something about mm-hmm. it, right? And for me, I much prefer getting to on. do something yeah, about yeah, yeah. it because the more people that we can get through the gates, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. the more people we can get on that wall, Yeah. You know, that gives us a, a bigger and louder voice. Yes. Right. And they talk through their music, mm-hmm. you know, and you have um, plenty of, of uh, great people making, you know, really good and, and um, intelligent statements about the, the situation that we have now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's build up our numbers, you know, and let's um, let's. Uh, make that change by doing yeah you, and then you then you have a, a stronger voice I think because then you've got something you've got the wall to stand on yeah that's what I was going to say you've got something to stand on you've got yeah. like and, this is and what you've done got, you've got yeah. people with you you yeah. know so um and also I think um you know we we must it's easy to to keep calling out you know all the white people the white mm-hmm. people right but not all of them are bad people and I think we really must remember that we, we because, must have collaborators anyway yeah, to we, solve we, you know we all live on the same planet to solve this problem we have to we have to work with others yeah, yeah. and I think um to be fair you know um organizations like Sirius have been very much um at the forefront of, of giving a platform yeah to, to a lot of the um black musicians you know where others haven't given them yeah. that platform, yeah. and yeah. It, it's got better and better o- over the years. And I think as more and more, um, you know, black musicians have been coming out through Tomorrow's Warriors, and they've they've seen the quality of, yeah. of that tap. And of course, you know, they they see the, the value in that. You know, so they will continue to to give them that next stage um, push. But yeah, mm. to, to take them up to the to the next level. Yeah. So it's all about it is about partnerships, relationships, um, and trust. And yeah, and trust. Mm-hmm. You know, and and respect. Yeah. You know, I think the respect is is really key because mm-hmm. I know you know back in the day when we first started this, that wasn't always there. Mm-hmm. You know, and thankfully, you know, like I say, we we. Um, change things by doing things yeah. you know and eventually I think we've proven um, the value of tomorrow's warriors you know and, and so now it is a respected organization yeah. and that gives it gives us I think a stronger voice yeah I think especially like women in jazz media again is kind of the same as as you guys Fiona really made a big impact to think do you know what we're speaking about this I'm 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 constantly you know writing albums about and writing songs about and I'm looking into this industry and I'm seeing the lack of women let's do something about it let's find these women let's showcase these women let's show who like you know show people like you know whoever that we're here 
yeah. if you need us hello like we're here to you know make a difference and really do something and, um, and it, it is making a difference yeah you know it, it really is and so like you can you can keep going to round tables and committee meetings and yeah. as much like that's not that's not what's changing anything yeah. it's the boots on the ground you know the people are out there actually doing the work yeah. you know making that change so you know d- d- full admiration for Fiona and, and, yeah, and what she's, she's there. And yeah. every, everything requires some sort of input from those that are making that statement that they mm-hmm. want to change um can't, I think it was Gandhi said, you know, be the change that you want to see first. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the other laughable thing about um, Western Europe the last five, six years, you know, mm-hmm. they are talking about diversity, you know, or the, or the big orchestras or the big um, institutions that are connected with the arts. Mm-hmm. And they are the ones that are, are, are suffering the most uh, bizarre cases of, of, of Racism, well, not out and out racism, but lack well, of institutional racism. You know what I mean? So instead of racism. coming to to people like Janine and the Tomorrow's Warriors, the arts help them out to do it. That same patronizing, superior attitude has taken over again. Mm. We will do it. Let's all get together and talk about it. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you don't. You failed years. You failed for four hundred years. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now you can yeah. why do you think you, you've got the answer now? Why should we listen to you? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That, okay. That's the one gripe I have. Yeah. So let's talk about the positive things that you guys have done for yourselves and for tomorrow's warriors and for jazz music in general. Talk, talk to me about your talent development program because I, I love mentoring and helping young musicians find their voices and I think what you guys do is incredible especially for children of low-income families who might not be able to afford musical lessons or things like that and I know that going to music college for me was my tipping point in my life of being a professional musician um, so talk to me about how you make your choices with the people you get and what we opportunities don't. you provide they choose themselves they choose themselves nice. All right, so warrior we, we, chooses himself. Yeah, they they come um, from all different places. I mean, mm-hmm. whether it's word of mouth or they, a teacher might recommend them, or they'll they'll see some of our young musicians performing, and you know, and then say, well, you know, how did you get there? So, yeah. um, so we never advertise for our program because we've already got like over a hundred people on the waiting list. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a, an entirely free program, yes. and for us that is key to ensuring that we get diversity mm-hmm. you know because raising um a, a successful musician is an expensive affair mm-hmm. um it's not only the instruments but it's all the music lessons and then all the other development that, that goes around that you know and getting them to to concerts getting having them perform places and, and so on so you know the first stage is make it free make it open um, and we don't have an audition process, mm. you know, you self-select. So you, you come and you decide, are you, are you in the right place? Yeah. We, you know? we, will, we will throw you out if you come in and make a, a noise or a mess or you're not a certain standard that you will hold yeah, back. Of course. To. Well, I, do, well, I think. But it's very rare we've had to do that. Most yeah. people, as Janine says, is self-select. They will self-select because if, if they go and they, they think it's too, too advanced or whatever, then they they'll pull, they'll pull out yeah, yeah. you know yeah. um but the you know we have this each one teach one ethos 
And that's not just from the, you know, the music leader to the student, it's a student to student, yeah. you know, that you're there to support each other. And, you know, we've had a, like a, a few times where we've had, um, and you see it in a lot of other um, courses, jazz courses and things, where um, somebody say, well, you know, so-and-so's in our group, but they're not good enough. They're holding us back and, you know, and, you know, right. they shouldn't be, in, they shouldn't be in the group. And it's like, but that is not, that's not warrior. You know, mm -hmm. that's so not warrior, yeah. you know, because the real warrior is going to say to the person who needs that help, you know, what can I do? What can I do? Mm -hmm. Let me help you. Help, let me help raise you up. You know, so you can cut me and sort of hook their arm and and mm. you're coming with us. Mm -hmm. Right. And and that's what warriors do. You know, it's that supportive, um, nurturing um, approach that I think is, is really, really important uh, at warriors. And also, you know, the fun element. You know, we, um, Femi once said, Femi Colioso, he was saying it was like a, a, a youth club. For, for music or for musicians, yeah. you know, and, and that's what it is. So that, you know, it's not all about, oh, you've got to be everything like this, 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 and this, you know, times where Gary would um, be outside playing five-side football with them or something, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, teaching them the candy dance or, mm. you know. We keep saying that, but that I only say that as a joke because they taught me. Yeah, they um, taught you candy. <laughs> no, 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 they didn't teach me candy. They taught me the Harlem Shuffle. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. But you know candy, right? Yeah. yeah. You have to. Gosh, it's a right passage. Yeah. Everybody knows candy. Um, <laughs> but, um, so it is about, you know, the fun element and, and the community element. You know, it's about, it's, it's family. It's yeah. about. It's a reflection of who we are. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's an important part too. You yeah. Know, uh, the reason why it is that way is because we are that way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think the one thing that nobody else wants to talk about that I know, you know, I've been here some nights and I haven't seen Janine for three, four days. Mm. Well, no, maybe not four, but I know there's been a few times where she's possibly done three nights without sleep. That's the kind of dedication that's necessary. <laughs> Coffee. Going on forever, you know, for, for 30 years. Yeah. Um, uh, and the word is love. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody else, they're looking at the wages. Mm. They're looking at uh, annual reports, yeah. uh, which we have to do all of that as well. But um, the thing that has kept this going is the fact that we love what we do and we mm. love, you know, when, when I remember once we were at a J Life gig and I think the two of us just hugged each other and went, Look at our kids. <laughs> you know, like my yeah. son was on the drums and Jason Yard, who I had first met in his school uniform, was kicking. I think it was Julie Dexter. Yeah. He wasn't kicking Julie Dexter, no. no. He, <laughs> he was kicking up. He was kicking up on the saxophone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember we saw our It's like, what said, kind of organization yeah. is this? <laughs> kicking people on stage. <laughs> you know we are real you know? yeah of course and being yeah, a musician is is a hard thing so that can happen yeah, yeah. people need yeah. to be kicked up the butt at some points in yeah, their lives yeah. especially if yeah. you want to be a jazz musician like like our main thing was we love this art form and we love art anyway mm -hmm. and we want more of our people to be involved at a high level too mm. not just yeah. involved mm. you know like you see so many people working you know um 
come and do this six weeks course and lead a classical orchestra. No, yeah. we're not about that. Mm. We're not about that. We haven't come just shh, throw our hands up in the air. Hey, look at me. Mm. You know, and you disappear next year with the cash. Yeah. I think it's, you know, we're not about, um, it's not so much about participation, which I think is where a lot of the, you know, the things where they're trying to, these schemes and initiatives um, is that, you know, the tick box jobbies. Mm. Yes, um, yes, for diversity it's like they're, they're more concerned about how many of a particular group of people turned up mm-hmm. rather than what was the actual outcome yeah you know how did it change their lives and they'll come with you know I've read some of the reports that you know the evaluation reports where there's oh yes we did this we did that and then you speak to the the people involved and it's like so what you know what changed for you and it's like well <laughs> kind of nothing mm-hmm. You know, so it, it is about a, a long term investment in the individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about just turning up, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I think also uh, with tomorrow's words, it really is about looking at what is the best outcome for that particular individual. Yeah. None of it is the one size fits all, no. you know, mm-hmm. um, and we maintain that engagement with people you know when they come to tomorrow's warriors and when they they grow up and they they leave I mean they say you never leave warriors Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) you're still part of the the family but um as they carry on building their careers and everything we maintain that contact Mm -hmm. with them so they're coming back as well to you know support the other young people who are following in their footsteps yeah you know so yeah that long-term um investment in people i think is is possibly what marks us out because you know that's that's what makes us distinctive i think Mm -hmm. and and that's the success of it you know it's not just a job to us this is our life you know this is who we are and um it's not just a livelihood it's our life Mm -hmm. yeah i totally passionate about it it's what gets us up in the morning it's it's so exciting you know to think Mm -hmm. oh god you know who's coming through now and then you know gary will come back from a session at the south bank and he'll say oh man you know i've seen this girl she's she's doing fantastic stuff or i've seen this boy he's amazing you know and it's the excitement it's the genuine excitement of the um, you know gary and the other music leaders and the other musicians you know, when they're getting excited as mm-hmm. well, you know, something special is happening and you know, magic is happening mm-hmm. in, in that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's great. And that's what keeps us going. I think it's, it's yeah. what, what gives us our and, energy. And the, and the, you know, the, the non um, visual discussions me and you have every now and again. <laughs> 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 yeah i can imagine or just uh, being like just oh. yeah <laughs> yeah i can i can completely imagine and i it the passion uh, like radiates and it's so cool because i i am such a passionate person i'm so passionate about jazz about music about black music about all of these things and it's so refreshing to see a company who I, i've been teaching for five years at music college and the, all of the things that you said are what I tell these students about music and what music should mean to them and why they're in this and you know why it gets me excited to come and see them and them do well and blah 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 and what they want to do and it just it makes me feel good that this is all rooted in uh, something that 
the show is how much we love what we're doing and how we just want to yeah. spread the word and give those people those you know first listen to Ella Fitzgerald moments you know and being like whoa like I could I've never been in this place before I've never felt the way I've felt while I'm making music with people before um and just inspire that future generation. I believe what we do is honest mm -hmm. I believe what um uh, the environment that we've created for the children of the youngsters is a safe space yeah and it's not we we you know everybody looks upon us when we use the term too as an education um I've always struggled with it because mm -hmm. it's a sharing space mm -hmm. you know African the way we've you if you look into the history of our people the way we we pass on information of course the master teaches the young person mm -hmm. but it's not in the same way as I say um one of the Cheatham's College or something the teacher mm -hmm. comes in with an idea and that's the curriculum we're fluid Mm -hmm. fluid, and I, I have to work out what what will really turn that particular that one student who out of seven of them might be just not right yet I've got to focus on him what is it that makes him cool he supports West Ham I'm going to find out about West Ham and I want to make some jokes with him and that's how it how it has to go mm -hmm. it's not I'm the teacher sit down listen yeah play the Charlie Parker lick and all that it may not work for him yeah yeah. So I can only say we we love them because we are them. And yeah. you were them, like learning. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, learning about the same things they were learning. All yeah. the mistakes that are possible, we've we've done them and more mm -hmm. to warn them about them, or at least be there as a safety net. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for them, yeah. it's it's really hard to. I know that there might be this tendency amongst us to to write the book, you know, which is the, the manual. Mm -hmm. But that will spoil the magic. Yeah. And because the manual, it will change depending on who it is yeah. as well. Yeah, of course. You know, there, there is no manual. It's like see appendix. Yeah. So yeah, and so. appendix so, you know, it'll be a whole book of appendices. Yeah. yeah. You know. Also, by the time you, that means if you've written a book, then not not that I'm I feel this is important, it that uniqueness has gone mm -hmm. uh, uh, right because how you you maintain a, a position of mystery and uniqueness is nobody knows what you're doing they see the results but they must not know the trick it's the same with you know these guys who do these magic yeah. tricks yeah and they, they practice it to to give you an illusion of what's happening mm -hmm. but all you see is the result and um it's not deception it's i can't be bothered to go through all of this um you know all this reporting and all this—it's mm -hmm. just, you know, yeah. here it is. Yeah, it, it is what it is, and yeah, and you learn yeah. it as you go, and you know, and to have that mentorship from people that you know, you said you're you're never you never leave tomorrow. Worry tomorrow's worries. That's right. That's when right. you you have that mentorship to know, like, oh, I'll come across this thing that you know they both told me that I'll come across, and I don't know what to do with it, so I can but, go back and I can ask my mentors and say, do you know you, what? Yeah. Yes, that that the Abs door is always absolutely. open. Yeah. Is what open. happened? How can I do this? How can I fix it? How can I help? How can I, you know, and and that's where that's where pe things like tomorrow's warriors are really important for people. Well, like I, I I learned from one one of the greatest British teachers who was very instrumental in starting educate jazz education in this country. Mm -hmm. He said it it's it's good that we do have these uh, big ed institutions now taking on jazz courses can you get 
20, 30 guys in one room and they, mm -hmm. they bond and so on and so forth. But the real reality is to learn this music, just go and buy the records. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Charlie Parker's going to teach you to play this music better than anybody at school. Yeah. You copy Charlie Parker, you've worked out some of it, you know. And uh, I've kept a lot of that, that idea, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, what that also means is that that doesn't guarantee that the people I'm talking to are going to do it the way I like it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah, teaching them what scales to play, and so I'm just saying, "Hey, man, go and listen to some music." Yeah, you give them you give them the resources. If they read it, they read it. If they don't, they don't. And I always say to I always say to my students, "Music is your textbook. There's no way you can't ask me how to sing a note. You can't ask me how to play a note." Go and listen to people who are, you know, Ella Fitzgerald will teach you how to sing a note. Go and listen. Mm. And you'll come back knowing something new. Because that's how I learned. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. ask somebody how to do it. Yeah. We, we all need some, some basic technical exercises, you know, yeah, to learn basic, your basic skill. But this music called jazz, look how many Duke Ellington albums yeah. are. It's all there. Yeah. You know how many students I know haven't listened to Duke Ellington? Yeah. This guy like a hundred years, a hundred odd, no, it was sixty odd years of jazz history. Mm -hmm. Easy, just go buy one of his albums. <laughs> and you may not like it, but the name says it all. Mm -hmm. Duke Ellington at the Cotton Club. Mm -hmm. Must be something in it. Yeah, of course. But beauty that... is always beauty. Age can't change beauty. Yeah. What was beautiful a thousand years ago must be still beautiful today. But the, the commercial world is, tries to has tried to convince us that uh, beauty is something like every 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 year you have to change change mm, yeah. it. You, like it's fashion, fashion, mm, yeah, fashion. Mm. Yeah, and it's not mm. fashion. Beauty is not fashion. Mm. Something that moves your heart, moves your spirit, or talks about talks about life in a in a in a way that moves you, moved you a thousand years ago as well. You know, yeah. or. It's also the building blocks of the, the music, yeah. you know, is the foundations of it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. so, you know, and you, you can't um, you take that away. What have you got? <laughs> yeah. The, the basis is, is love, I think, is mm. being generous. And um, and I think also, I mean, I know we've, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, us, um, the work we do with all the, the young people. Um, but, it, you know, another thing is that we're not doing it sort of in a vacuum you know our, our development program isn't um it it has a context and the context for yes. that is that we are actually helping them get through to you know a professional career mm -hmm. at the end of the day you know that's that's where we're headed to make yeah. sure that they can um build a sustainable career yeah. giving them you know, the skills give that... them the skills the resources the networks opportunities the opportunities live opportunities you know? to develop and, and so that's why there's the other side of what we do is the producing side the creative producing and mm -hmm. the touring mm -hmm. you know so um which it we don't probably don't talk about enough to be honest yeah. but you know that is a, a big part uh, of what we do sort of mounting these quite complex um shows sort of yeah shows these multifaceted well, shows that, that are you know not only working with um, professional artists, um, but also bringing in community mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. You know, 
So, um, and building audiences, because if we haven't got people to watch the music and buy the music, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, what yeah, is yeah, the point? Yeah. And also, yeah. that's another point that we, we haven't mentioned. That yeah. We were, when we first got together, we were fully aware of the term audience development. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we still, we do it second nature now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. second nature now to us. Yeah. I think that certainly the, the, the um, current crop of warriors, you know, or the, the alumni, you know, the Nabayas, Shabakas and all that, they are so on it about um, audience development, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, that they recognise the importance of the audience, you know, and yeah. they 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 feed the audience. Mm -hmm. yeah, with, 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 without the numbers, we might as well give up. We might as well just, you know, all become semi-pro and get a, another job, a day job and practice mm -hmm. at home. We need the numbers. Mm. Yeah. And this is a sharing music and we got to share it with somebody. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And and reaching reaching as many people as possible. Yeah. That that's the that's I think the success of the, you know, the, all those alumni is about bringing in, you know, younger people, but not alienating the older audience. Yeah. You know, so, so you well, go to any you go to any of their gigs and you'll see people of all ages. Mm -hmm. You know, and they'd all be jumping up and down. I mean, uh, uh, um, Ezra collects this thing when they're going down. Yeah. It's like, you know, you'll see them all go down. You may not see them all come back up again. <laughs> you know, but um, but it, it it's a real joy, yeah. you know, to see that and and to see how successful they've been um, in spreading the gospel of jazz. Yeah, you know, and and particularly spreading the gospel of warriors as well. It's like you know, it's great. Yeah, love them. Yeah. We love them. Remember to keep checking in every month for a new episode of Women in Jazz Media's In Conversations with, and I will see you soon. <laughs>